Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Rightfully so, the headbangers. The headbangers. Although he went to the body mostly on Saturday night. It's Guard Your Girl Boxing. It's Cold Train. Ride with me tonight is my man Roberto Flack. Yep, yep. Sunny South Florida. What's good, my dude? Chilling, man. Chilling. What's going on? How do you like the classic intro? Uh, of course, man. Yo, you're becoming the king of the intros. <laughs> You know, we got to mix a little hip-hop in there. You know, yes, hip-hop is, our, is, our, is the heartbeat of of our lives. And, you know, uh, uh, when a song rightfully fits the moment, we got to put it in there. And, you know, Saturday night, we had a lot of head-banging going on with, 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 with the good boy, Triple G. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that, man. So much to get into. uh uh, in the sport of boxing, it's, it's the news is always uh, updating and fights. Are, one minute they're signed, and you don't know that they're signed. And promotional issues, catch weights, mandatories. We're gonna try to comb through it all. We're gonna try to figure it out within the next hour. Um, again, this is Cold Train, Roberto Flack, uh, Guard Your Girl Boxing podcast every Monday night. The Star Wars trailer was released. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> so much going on, man. I mean, since the last time we talked, you know, so. Yeah. You know, um, wow, wow. So this was, is it safe to say this was the first quote-unquote big fight in the so-called post-Mayweather retirement era? I mean, I would say so. Um, kind of, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, well, I mean, I'll say, you know, as we're, Starting the show, you know, there's uh, been reports as far as some of the early pay-per-view numbers <laughs> for uh, Golovkin's first uh, trip to pay-per-view, and I mean, we'll get in that. We'll get to that in a second. I mean, but okay, mm-hmm. uh, um, you know, I think in general, yeah, man. I mean, look, we talked about this before. Um, the obvious, it, it's pretty obvious that HBO. And all the people behind Golovkin are at work. Um, mm-hmm. He is looking like the guy that HBO is pushing, a la 
Manny Pacquiao before him, Oscar De La Hoya before him, Floyd Mayweather in the round of time. So, you know, HBO has this thing where they just set fighters up. And I think this was kind of the first test um, to kind of test the waters on if, if Golovkin is a pay-per-view fighter as it would be defined with fighters previous, you know, uh, when you talk about the Floyds and the Oscars, and which is tough to catch. I mean, don't get me wrong. Right. But, yeah, yeah, right, right, um, right. I think, I think in general, though, the card, I mean, what did you – did you watch the whole card? Yeah, I did, actually. I actually thought it was a pretty entertaining card, actually. You yeah. Know, um, yeah. I mean, granted, there were the fights uh, – well, well – well, yeah, most of them was live. Well, particularly, live. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, they were, they were. Well, you know, it's funny. Let me, let me, let me, let me rephrase that a little bit because in today's boxing, I don't know when it changed. Uh, maybe you could help me out here, but I just remember, like, just not long ago, there were like big time fights on on undercards, and maybe most recently was the Lucas Matisse and Danny Garcia. I think. If I'm not mistaken, I know I know I was personally. I know we talked about it when we was doing the show. I was more excited about that than the Canelo and Floyd fight. You know, I remember yeah. rushing to get to to Sleep's crib because I was a nervous wreck about missing the uh, the undercard fight. But these the fight last Saturday, I call them showcase fights, where it was set up for the guys that was a part of the promotional company, and that promotional company being Golden Boy, uh, they were really in a situation not to fail. They were put in with guys that, you know, for them to look good against. Now, granted, it was exciting, but they were lopsided. You know, I mean, I enjoyed it because it was action, but when I think about it, they were one-sided fights. So Mm -hmm. I don't know... Oh, that really helps any. I think to, in order to have a great undercard, there has to be some suspense. You know, like the like the I, most recently again was the Matisse and Garcia because people were fifty fifty on those fights, right? You know, I don't think it was one way. It was, like it was yeah. The I, middle. Mean, I picked I picked Matisse. So yeah, because I picked it, it I know I picked like Danny, but I wasn't sure about it. I mean, I picked them just kind of, you know, breaking Dane things down. But we were split up. The whole squad was like. Matisse Garcia. But that's what, but that's what made it good. Though. I mean, that's what made it worth watching. Yeah, I mean, it was, it, it was. <laughs> I mean, watching the fight in general, man, it was just like, I, I think the, the, the car, you know, like the entire card. It, it, I, I mean, you're right. I mean, I, I was looking forward to Canelo Floyd. Don't get me wrong, but that fight to me was, I mean, at least for the time what we thought was going to be a launch pad for whoever won, you know, for, for, for the immediate future. But, I mean, in general, it, it, it was, um, I mean, I think the fight of the night, I, I, would, I, would, I mean, I think you'd probably agree with that. And then, in general, as far as, you know, but it's just interesting what, what it led from there. Uh, as far as Danny's concerned, and really, you know, Matisse too. You know, it's uh, it's crazy with two years uh, or how much uh, can happen in two years. Right? Well, I will, two years ago. Oh, right. And um, again, it was just how it is now. I mean, they, these guys, these these promotional companies, they put these cards on where they're showcasing other fighters, but. I mean, you know, with Santa Cruz, it was a joke. Like, you know, yeah. Mayweather's fight, which bum is. 
you know, we can is Santa Cruz going to fight on the undercard because it becomes like uh, just pretty much a dress rehearsal for the star, you know, and right. I, I'm, I'm hoping that changes sooner or later. Um, I doubt it. I think that it's, it's, it's just how things are done now is just different, you know, but I mean, it wasn't a, again, it was entertaining. I actually enjoyed myself on Saturday night. Um, it was action, you know, but again, I kind of going going into Saturday, nothing shocked me about, you know, the, the outcomes rather didn't shock me, you know, and we'll get into that a little bit later. But um, so just some news and updates. So what's what's going on? I know I uh, you got the what is it the WBC that's is it WBC or WBO that's uh giving Cotto and Canalo a uh. What is it like a ten day notice for them to? Uh, I did their, read uh, something about that. Did I mean, you read that about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they're saying, they're giving them like a ten day window. Like the winner of the right, fight right. has a ten day window. I mean, here's here's the issue with that is like Cotto and Canelo are both fixtures in the sport where Golovkin, even at this point, doesn't like really have a controlling factor to be the the deciding factor of who they fight, you know, because at the very end of the day, they could always just vacate the title and say, well, right. here's the, you know, but, um, which I'll yeah, I mean, I, mean I figure it would be, well, I would say more so Cotto than Canelo. Um, yeah, even, it, even, you know, or even, even if you, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I think we'll, it, it all depends what happens in the Cotto fight for Canelo. Yeah, if, he, if he barely yeah. skates out of there, I can't see them going right to. I said and, the same thing to somebody. Yeah, you know what, you know what I'm saying. saying. Yeah, you know he what would mean? have yeah. to steamroll. He would have to steamroll Cotto in a way that like he's never been done before. You know, well, Cotto's never been beaten like that before. But if it's a really close fight, and I think the majority of the boxing world doesn't expect this to be. Uh, a dominating fight based on, and again, we're going to get to it in a second, but you know, right. uh, based on how Golovkin looked, Oscar De La Hoya, I mean, he said things like he's seen vulnerabilities in Golovkin, but I look, you saw it. I saw it. Bernard saw it. Everybody saw it. <laughs> they know what they're looking at. You know what I mean? So I think a lot is going to happen, or uh, the, the the media future is going to tell a lot of what's going to happen after November 21st. So, uh, right. Beyond, well, as far as news, I guess, I guess we could probably officially announce this because I, I was reading it uh, today. Andre Ward, he is yeah, uh, that's, going that's to, big news. That's big he's news. going yep. to be on the undercard, uh, you know, apparently against Rohan Murdoch. That's who the, the, the lead candidate right now is. He's a super middleweight. Um, I, I'm not 100% sure of the weight that they're going to fight at. My guess, if you were to ask me, is going to be in the 170 range. And, I think you know, so, especially with, especially with the next – I'll let you break the, the other story that's lingering around yeah, out there. Yeah, exactly. I, I um, agree with that weight, yeah. So, you know, that's it's something we've been, you know, obviously hearing about uh, in the last couple of months. And it, it's – I've always been kind of 50-50 about it only because uh, of the stature of, you know, somebody like Andre Ward who, you know, won the Super 6, uh, was, was number two under Floyd for so many years. And, and he's, like, still on the undercard of – granted, uh, probably – I don't, I don't you know, right. 
the second biggest fight. But nevertheless, I think the positive out of this is that he's fighting again. You know, and that's, you know, that's people, what I think is more important than anything right now. Right. Man. So people are gonna bicker about him fighting whoever he's gonna fight, and you know, the the, the whole thing about it though is the, the the obvious lead up to this entire deal that he had because he's signing the deal with HBO. Uh, Kovalev, he moved his fight to January. He was supposed to fight in November. Uh, Kathy Duva said that they, they're moving it to January, but uh, all of this is in conjunction with them leading up to meeting in the fall, right. which obviously right. is, uh, at least in this day and age in boxing, a super fight, when you think about the top super middleweight versus the top light heavyweight in the world. So that's a blockbuster fight that, you know, granted, if these guys keep winning their next couple of fights, that's a mega showdown, you know, but that's obviously the fall of next year. So as as it stands right now, you know, having that Andre Ward on the undercard, uh, an added bonus, um, you know, to Cotto Cano. So uh, we'll be yeah. uh, obviously getting the confirmation as far as, you know, if he is fighting this uh, fighter named Rohan Murdoch. So, but the, the the moral to the story is that he he will be on the undercard getting some sort of exposure and not fighting exactly. on BT on Wednesday <laughs> night when you know, wanna, nobody knows yeah. what the hell was going on. Nobody even knew that he fought Paul Smith. Yeah, I think. Well, I think at least on, on nobody knew knew he fought on BET, and I mean, I think you and I could would probably agree that. They're likely not going to go that route again. <laughs> no, I don't think there'll be any more fights on BET again. I think that was an experiment, failed experiment, but you know I don't think that'll happen again. All right, now so what's going on with uh, Sean Porter and Keith Thurman? I know a couple of weeks ago we were talking about it being signed. Then there's a, an article out there with Sean Porter saying that he doesn't think Keith Thurman's going to sign a fight because he doesn't want to fight him. Yeah, I mean, I haven't really heard anything. I mean, uh, they're talking about December. Right. You know, I, I was on the assumption that, you know, they already have in the contracts finalized. And, again, this is boxing. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, I know. It's, it, it's nothing etched in stone, man. Isn't it crazy? Uh, like, Yeah. But, but you know, at the same time, I mean, these are two guys that I don't think have that that type of pull in a sense where, you know, one can really – um, or at least for the benefit of the fighter, you know, I mean, you know, you can't miss out on opportunities like this. And uh, I would hope they're going to just, you know, get it over and done with. I haven't heard anything as far as uh, them not going to do the fight. I mean, I think it'd be foolish on their part to, you know, not go for, the, you know, who, whoever the deciding factor is. But uh, I'm sure Al Heyman will pay them nice and, you know, they, <laughs> they'll get the fight on for uh, December. Yeah, I mean, where, where do either fighter have to go at this point? You know, I mean, right, exactly. Sean Porter, he was pretty much thoroughly outboxed by uh, uh, Kel Brock, so he's not going to fight him again. Right. Keith Thurman is at the point where it's like, all right, no more fringe contenders at this point. You know, I have to mm-hmm. actually start fighting some live guys. You know, we're going into year. What is this like? Year three now. Of his, wow, yeah. you know, his development plan, about that, yeah. right? Since he kind of came on the scene, you know. Yeah. So it's like, you know, once you get into year three, you know, you're you you should be fighting contenders at this point, you know. So he needs to have his Lucas Matisse fight at this point, you know. That 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 test, that barometer, and uh, I thought Sean Porter would be it. 
Um, hopefully they it gets signed and we move on. I don't I don't want to hear about him fighting uh, Devin Alexander because that would be really disappointing and I think a disservice to him as well. You know, so right. We'll keep our our um, our ears and eye open in that respect. So then you got uh, I don't know if you saw this, but it's funny. You got Lou DiBella, you know, dropping f bombs at the detractors out there over yeah, yeah, Peter Quillen and Danny Jacobs fight. <laughs> He's like, which I totally good forgot team, about. Man. Yeah, <laughs> and it's funny because I, I was watching, looking funny. at the middleweight rankings, and Peter Quillen is ranked under uh, Andy Lee. <laughs> Right, right. Yeah, I, I, you know that I, I'm personally looking forward to Quillen versus Jacobs. Um, I just think that the, the problem is that the inevitability of what will happen, or, or let me just let me rephrase that. Like, it's inevitable that they're not going to target Golovkin. You know what I mean? So, or Cotto, Canelo, or any of those guys, because. They're just not going to work with Oscar De La Hoya or, you know, uh, Rock Nation. I hate so that. it, it becomes no, it becomes no, a situation yeah, yeah, yeah. where where you can't like what do you do? Um, you know, there there's talks of Peter Quillen moving up in weight, and you know, obviously Al Heyman owns a lot of the guys at 168, so that would make sense for him. But I mean, as far as he was, there was an interview he he or a video I saw today where he was talking about like you know to fight Golovkin, like he'd have to have the right money, and I'm like. That, that's kind of the problem in the situation where there's no, um, I, I, I guess there's no motivation for anybody to get in the ring with Golovkin if they're making two, three million anyway, fighting Danny Jacobs or, or whomever else. So, I, I, I mean, I, I, I'm interested in the fight. Don't get me wrong, I'm going to be watching it, but I just don't know what it culminates from, like, what, what, what that leads to for either. Right, ne- right, right. Now, who's who's Triple G signed with? He's with an independent contractor, right? He's with uh, K2, but the thing is... Right, he's, he's not, what I mean by that, yeah, I mean, he's not with none of the head guys, you know, the... the yeah, the, right, right. Heyman, top rank, or Golden Boy, the, no, the, the, you know... Well, they did, like, the, 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 the Lemieux fight was with Golden Boy... But that's yeah, yeah, I know that it was a joint. Yeah, yeah, because I saw the signs up. You know what? You're right because I kept seeing the yeah. too. The thing about it too, though, man, is like HBO plays a big factor in all this because yeah, yeah, they're, you know, they're the platform. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah exactly, exactly. Yeah, they're they're, they're um that that can be uh, overlooked because they're behind the machine of Triple G. Yeah, yeah, they're they're, they're they're we're gonna we'll get into that in, in just a little bit. Um. Uh, what else was going on out there? Well, uh, one thing I wanted to talk. Well, I wanted to touch on real quick, man. I mean, obviously, I, I mean, I know you saw uh, this weekend. I mean, we had the the we had Boxing Saturday before the actual, you know. Oh pay-per-view. yeah, yeah. With the, with the I'm PBC. glad you worked that uh, up. Right, right. You know, right. so you know, we saw Lamont Peterson, and I forgot mm-hmm. his name. Who he was fighting? Uh, the the Olymp- the, the Olympic. Uh, Diaz. Let me see. I think I know his last name is Diaz. Little guy. Yeah, he, uh, Felix Diaz, that's his name. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, the, obviously, you know, the news that's, you know, getting attention from everybody is, is the fight that took place before, which was Terrell Williams mm-hmm. and Pritchard Cologne. Yep. And, you know, if, uh, you know, <laughs> 
anybody who's listening now didn't uh, see the fight, uh, the fight ended in a disqualification because as the fight was occurring, you know, apparently the corner. And funny enough, I didn't see, I didn't realize Pedro Diaz, Pedro Diaz was in the corner. Um, Pritchard Colon, uh, they were taking his gloves off and they were basically saying, you know, they thought that the fight was over. And, you know, they, they basically disqualified him, you know, basically saying, you know, they, they were kind of, you know, messing around or whatever. But uh, what ended up coming out of that was, and, and some people are saying that this was occurred during, uh, you know, one of the exchanges where he got hit in the back of the head. But uh, it led to Pritchard Cologne going to the locker room. Uh, from what I was hearing, I mean, that he was he was throwing up and, and he passed out and basically went into a coma and had, you know, pretty much a brain hemorrhage. So uh, from what I read today, they're saying there's signs, uh, positive signs that, you know, he is going to recover. Um, but, you know, he's you know, obviously going to be a long road. But, it, you know, once again, man, it's, it shows you how dangerous this sport is and, this could really happen to anybody, man. I, I, not that I'm glad that this happened, but I'm glad that you brought this up because there's always people that's questioning why a fighter stopped. And I always tell people this um, when it comes to stoppages. When a guy is taking several blows to the head and he's not, and he looks like he's going to be his worst enemy, meaning that he's not going to stop, he's going to keep just taking headshots, even if he's fighting back. I think this is kind of the direction that boxing is kind of moving in to, to try to prevent these type of things from occurring. So right. it's like if you constantly take, if you're constantly taking hit and you're not fighting, you know, if you're not uh, uh, doing something to offset these punches uh, to detect them, then they're going to probably stop the fight. The ref, that being the referee or the doctor, for what have you. Mm-hmm. So it's just ironic because you know we had a stoppage in Saturday night fight, and I know we'll get into it, but. These are the reasons why they stop, especially when you're fighting these guys that's known for having, you know, serious knockout power, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, but hopefully, you know, our prayers and thoughts is with him, and, you know, hopefully, you know, he recovers. Mm-hmm. Um, the main event also caught some controversy. I mean, had some controversy, a lot of talk, for, but for different reasons. Um, you saw the fight, right? Yeah, I mean, I saw bits yeah. and pieces of it. Like, I was going okay. now. Yeah, I, I mean, it's up so, so, anyway, so just quick backdrop. Lamont Peterson, as every, as you guys know, he's still campaigning that junior welterweight. Mm-hmm. He's still fighting 140 pounds. And, you know, he fought this guy, uh, Felix Diaz. It's kind of a stay-busy fight, you know, the story of him coming off the uh, controversial, <laughs> controversy decision against Danny Garcia. It's funny how these things goes in cycles. But Lamont, for the most part of the fight, uh, he controlled a lot of the fight, but he was getting tagged in the process. That's a good that Felix Diaz, he's a smaller guy. I think he's like five, 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 six, little guy. Yeah. You know, I, and Lamont's about five, seven, five. He the guy was definitely smaller and he had he he, he had good timing with his punches and he was able to get a, a little bit more closer to Lamont than Lamont probably wanted him to, but the guy had good footwork. He was able to, you know, move in, move in, in and out real good. He had a good game plan. Yeah. And, you know, you saw Lamont face at the end of the fight. Not that that mm-hmm. mean anything, you know, that could have mean any, you know, that don't always mean a fight or loss, but 
you saw that he was in a fight. And, you know, um, I actually thought, I mean, the fight, it could have went either way. Um, You know, one guy had a draw, 114-114, and it was a score 117 or 116-112 one way and then the opposite the other way. So it goes to show you that it was a close fight. Um, a lot of people out there felt this, felt this old Diaz won the fight, and you know Lamont was home. He was in in the, in the D.C. area where the fight took place, and it was kind of like a, an IOU type of thing. Um, after the fight, Lamont talked about cramping up because of him moving. You know, because he can't make the weight anymore, and he wants to move up to one forty-seven. Kind of like the stuff Danny used to say, you know, after fights, you know, um, about being dry and so on and so forth. You want to move up. So um, that being said, uh, it this stuff happens in boxing all the time, you know, these kind of decisions. Uh, you know, a no, unnamed guy, unknown guy come and fight a, a name, somewhat of a named guy in his home turf, do enough to win but not enough where it's like, they have to give him the fight, but he just do what he's supposed to do as far as I work. I mean, and he don't get awarded the decision. I mean, it happens. But um, it was a that, it was it was a good fight. I actually, it, I actually enjoyed that a lot. It was a nice Saturday treat for for yeah. you know uh, what we're getting ready to get into. Um, but as far as Lamont move, it's it's funny now. You have another name, yet another name to throw in the mix at welterweight. You know, right. as far as like guys you know, that can fight, you know, just stay busy type of fights. You know, you got Kel Brock out there that's looking for fights, uh, Keith Thurman. Uh, who else am I missing? What Khan is like, I don't know what Khan's Sean doing. Porter, um, Sean Porter, you got Timothy Bradley. Even though these guys are all over the place, promotional-wise, right. they're still there. I mean, uh, you got guys just everywhere. So... Well, yeah, so we'll keep our eye out on that. Uh, but I just wanted to touch base on that because I know that was some some discussion in the boxing community about um, that Lamont, uh, Lamont fight and the decision. Right. Um, anything else going on news-wise that we miss? Um, I think that was about it. I mean, well, you know, I guess we'll talk about, you know, before we wrap up the – Terrence Crawford uh, fight this weekend, but did you want yeah, to yeah, yeah, talk about what you uh, did? You just want to talk about what you thought about Golovkin and Chocolatito, as far as like at least what you saw. Oh yeah, definitely. I want to definitely recap. That's what I was saying before we get in that. I wanted to recap yeah. Saturday's. Call. I wanted to. I wanted to talk about the uh, the Gonzalez fight first, and then we'll get into right. the Triple G fight. Um, you know, because Saturday was probably the first time a lot of people got a chance to see him. You know. Um, yeah. Uh, but uh, but they were they were they were in for a special treat. This guy is he he's the real deal. Um, you know the weight class that he fights at, um, might not draw a lot of people to that weight class. But if they keep putting him on cards, which is I think is a good thing, and people can kind of resonate with him, um, he's just a good fighter. I mean, he, his punch placement is off the charts. You know. Yeah. Uh, he throw these short, crisp punches, and everything's crisp. It's just kind of like Eric Morales in his promish Ricardo Lopez type of punches. Yeah. It's just like these. It's just 
picture perfect, you know? He's balanced. Yeah, yeah man. I, I love balance. Yeah, he's yeah. never off balance. That's another ethical point. Yeah. I love the way, like, he shifts, too. Like, he'll... Right. He'll, he'll, he'll throw, like, a, like the two, three-punch combinations and shift through the body, left hook up top. And, and, and it's like, you don't... It's like, I, I picture... I mean, Granny, like, you just said, like, he's in a weight class that a lot of... Um, even boxing fans who like follow right, the sport, right. a lot of them don't even like look below like 122, right. you know. And like right, thanks to right, right. guys like Donaire and Reagan now, like people wouldn't even bother thinking about. And then you think about like, um, you know, we were talking about Wednesday night fights back in the day. Michael Carbajal, man, I mean, I was such right, a big right. fan of his, and he was like a little guy like this too, you know. So I mean, 111 pounds, man, is crazy. I mean, I think. The, the, just, I mean, he's he's so dominant in that division. And, and, like, look, man, Brian Gloria wasn't no slouch, man. I mean, look, he had losses and everything. I mean, but even early in that fight, it, it's kind of it, it's kind of crazy how they're 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 partnering uh, Roman Gonzalez and Triple G because, man, not that they fight exactly alike, but they have similar traits that. It's like I see Gonzalez takes his time man, early on, man. Like he just feels him out, and you know Valoria was landing these little uh, sneaky left hooks. And I mean, the thing is with those guys at that weight, man, they're fast, man. <laughs> so, um, right, right. not average, but I mean, like as far as like you know the upper echelon of the division, man, I mean these guys are quick. And lo and behold, you know, just as the fight progressed, man, I mean he just starts to like lay that jab. Those hooks come in. Those those body shots and and you could see you know Valoria's like Shh. I, I mean I I could see from like at least the third fourth round on I mean he he knew what he was in with man and he looks impressive man I mean really solid fighter man right no I I agree with you um and it's funny because I brought up um Ricardo Lopez, who was also a light flyer, he was, you know, he fought at a, a very little division. Um, but bo- yeah, but boxing was on a lot more, so you got a chance yeah. to see him. So, it, like you said, it was just different back then because fights were all, always on. So he may have a headline on a on a uh, on a Saturday afternoon or or you know just during the week, so you got a chance to see him. Where right. now, I mean, HBO. Every now and again, they get a little, they, you know, they're 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 you know they they're okay with this, where they'll put on the smaller weight guys, but um, it's hard to see them. A lot of these fights, you know, so if they're they're not showcased, you don't know. Like you said, there's some boxing fans that don't even get a chance to see these guys. So I like the fact, like you said, that they're pairing them up together. Um, it was it was it was a, a pretty much a a, a slaughter fest. I mean. Yeah. Valorio, uh Brian Valorio, who he fought, um, he had moments, but it was like more so uh Roman Gonzalez setting up his punches. So right. you know, um so he got tagged a few times in the process, but it was no starch behind any of those punches and he just systematically broke them down. And it was beautiful to watch, you know, a fighter, you know, uh throwing punches off his back leg and Leaning, yeah. you know, lead foot forward, like all the proper techniques, like it's just, just, just good to, just a good thing to watch, you know. And if you haven't seen him, um, you know, go on YouTube and check this guy fights out. Um, a lot of people think he's, you know, there's people out here now. You got to be careful with that because, you know, Roman Gonzalez, he is a Golden Boy fighter. Um, 
Golden Boy do own the ring mag. You know, they, De La Hoya owns the ring magazine. So it's not like before right, when right. it was like objective writer, collective writers writing for ring magazine. So now everything is propaganda driven now. I mean, just the world we live yeah, in. You know, everybody's in bed with one another. So you got to take a lot of this stuff with a grain of salt when you hear things from, um, and this goes for all, everybody, not just Golden Boy, but um, Golden, the ring magazine isn't the ring magazine we grew up on. So it's like, it's a propaganda uh journalism now so you know um as far as roman gonzalez be i don't i, I don't know if i can and, and i know rigandall hasn't fought but i still can't put him above rigandall just me personally I, yeah. I can't you know my eye test tells me rigandall is just a way better fighter you know so oh yeah not taking anything away from roman gonzalez i know he's fighting but you still can't because floyd didn't fight a lot either and he's still you know what i mean like i i just there was, uh, there, it was funny. There were some people that were talking today as far as, like, if, if there would be a possibility of Rigandau and him fighting. But it's like, uh, he would have to, he would have, like, <laughs> like yeah, I don't he know. would have to be that coming got a 20-inch reach, so, yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> like, I mean, because uh, people say Pacquiao, but Pacquiao was longer. I know this sounds crazy. He was, he was like, just, just way bigger than that guy. Even though he started yeah. small, but Pacquiao, like, that, that, Roman Gonzalez has a 20-inch reach. Like, I mean, it's only so much far he, he'll be able to go. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I saw people talking about that, too. I'm like, I don't know about that one. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's. Yeah, that's a whole other animal, man. <laughs> that's, that's, that's hard. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I don't know. It's like. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, but anyhow, so um, you know, it, like you said, it was it, it was a good pairing. Uh, you know, we'll look forward to seeing him more. I don't think the only way he would probably head on a, a, a major pay per view card, it would have to be like a Prince Nassim Ahmed that come along as his nemesis. You know, but mm-hmm. I, I I I doubt that I doubt that happen. He'll get a headline. Excuse me on HBO maybe at the most. You know. Now, can you so, imagine uh, him against, like, Zhu Shiming? <laughs> right. <laughs> right, exactly. Oh, boy, that'd be bad. <laughs> yeah, I know. He would annihilate that guy. But so, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, well, you know, we'll keep a close eye out for that. Um, so other than that, uh, I guess we can kind of go to the main. I mean, you, you, had, you, you know, you had, uh, what was it, two other cards, two other fights on the card? Um. Yeah, I mean, there was the heavyweight fight. Oh, I I forgot the guy's name. I forgot this guy's name. That that. Uh, I mean, it was <laughs> it was kind of a a, a hilarious King Kong. I mean, guy. Kind of fight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right. Um, I mean, I don't know then, where we want to. Yeah, I, and then the 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 the, the, uh, the fight that started it off was um. Now this guy, I don't know if you're familiar with him. Uh. He, he apparently he was um he he was like a long time amateur. He started late in his career as well. He 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 started the the card off. I, for, I forgot his first name. Uh, last name is Johnson. I got I gotta pull it up. Hold on, I think I got it right here. You got it. You got it. All right. He, well, I guess I'll, well, 
Uh, we'll get to him in a second because, I mean, I guess he's going to come into play uh, as far as um, we're talking about Golovkin. But anyway, uh, Gennady Golovkin, man. <laughs> His first trip to pay-per-view uh, against David Lemieux. And, you know, I I don't think for so much of us it was there, there was really questions about if this was going to be – I mean, I think we were all decided that Triple G was going to win this fight. Right. Um, what I will say through the course of the fight, and, and I think maybe for some of the people who are, are believe, or maybe non-believers of the guy or, or I, I guess are kind of looking for reasons for the guy to lose. I mean, I think he showed that he's not a robotic plotter that just is a power puncher. <laughs> you know, right. I mean, this guy can box, man. And right. yeah. I think what we found out was um, it's going to take a really good fighter to beat Gennady Golovkin. Yep. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't, I don't want to say he's a guy that's unbeatable. You know what I mean? I mean, I think there are things you can exploit, but I mean, I think watching this fight, man, and I think some of the one of the trends with Golovkin has been, you know, and this is why I, I was talking about how uh, Gonzalez sets his kind of like how he sets his pace, where he kind of feels you out the first two three rounds, and he kind of did that, you know. He he, yeah. he felt he felt Lemieux out, and right from the get go, though, man, that jab was like a torpedo from the very beginning, and it was something that Lemieux had no answer for. And I don't know if you noticed this. Uh, and, and I was watching this fight with, like, you know, you know, a couple of my boxing buddies here. And, you know, one of my boys picked it up. I mean, we're watching a fight, and I'm seeing Lemieux not necessarily, like, evade, but trying to do something. But I noticed Golovkin has a little more pep in his step than people think, man. I mean... I just noticed where he's kind of a guy where I I don't think he's got the greatest defense, but it's almost in a sense where like he kind of gets hit when he feels like he wants to get hit when he's like in an exchange and what have you. But no, I mean I think you're I think you're um I think you're dead on. Um, and I talked to Sleep about this yesterday, and I said that uh, if you notice the game plan was to take more risk once the starch got taken off his punches and the starch got taken off and the starch being taken off of Lemieux punches, that is. And the way those start, the way the starch get eliminated, alleviated is you go to the body. And when he's, when, right. he, when he was jabbing, when he, you know, he was cutting the ring off, which he does really well and started working his body. I said, Oh, he's, there's a, uh, he's, he's investing right now. You know he's 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 investing uh, uh, small, but uh, waiting. You know, expecting a, a high return on his investment later. And if you watched as he cut the ring off and cornered him in, because he had him cornered a couple of times, he would throw two punches and then back off. You yeah. know, and that's when I was like, oh, he's a, there's a game plan here. You know, and later in the fight, as the fight progressed on, he took a little bit more risk, opened up a little bit more, got hit with some punches because there was nothing there because he kind of zapped all the energy from Lemieux. 
which I thought was a beautiful game plan, you know. So he opened up a little bit more probably than he had to and took a little bit more risk because, see, one thing I don't want to – people – Lemieux can punch, and they were very aware of that, and I think they did a good thing at negating his punching power by cutting the ring off and jabbing him. You know, he was never able to get set. You know, once that jab got established early, I was like, well, this fight's over. I don't know how long it's going to last. You know, he yeah. came out, like, from right from the opening bell establishing the jab. And, like, we, and I, but we, me, you, and Ryder Dodd talked about this. And you, you, everybody could pull an order. We all said that he has some sneaky, underrated boxing abilities. You know, I didn't think – I didn't know what, to what level, but we all said that – Lemieux' problem is going to be that he's relying on straight hate, you know, strictly on haymakers. Where where Triple G got a little bit more tricks up his sleeve than just throwing uh, headshots. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think, I mean, you you saw as it was progressing. I mean, he was throwing those left hooks to the body and look, oh, granted, man, they look, was, 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 my stuff. They was making my side hurt just looking at him. They were some serious punches. I mean, I, and the thing is, too, like, well, like you said, man, I mean, his balance has a lot to do with his power, man. And, and he's he never knows how balance. to generate. He knows he's how never to generate balance. punch. Yeah, he never is. I, or at least in the sense where. Like Trinidad. Was, like Trinidad. Every time, you know, when Trinidad was so punching, he was always leaving his feet, going to the side. He was always off balance. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and with Golovkin, man, it, it, it's like he he – he knows how to set up traps for these, you know, for these guys. And it's like you were saying that, like, he has they, – they have a game plan set, but he's he's really sneaky with the way he gets his shots off, man. And I think a lot of times it's, people go in there bracing for the power, but it's like you got to deal with the fact that this guy's an, a really good boxer, man. And it's like, again, we talked about his amateur – Background and the guys that that's he beat in the amateurs. Yeah, that's another you know, thing. You I know, mean, it, it's he knows. I'm what glad he's you doing. brought that up. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we could talk about the Andre Durrells. We could talk about all these guys, man. And it just becomes a, a, a situation where you. I, and I talked to somebody today about it. Like, you know, I have one of my friends who's kind of like on the fence about him, and he called. You know, he kind of texted me. He's like, "Yo, man." This guy's really good. <laughs> I'm like, I think little by little, um, you know, they're, they're putting him in fights. Well, granted, I mean, Lemieux was a title holder. He, he dominated well, he Lemieux. Called, he called Triple G. He called him out. He called Triple G out. I remember, who was that he was fighting? Lemieux. Was it Rosado? Oh, uh, and Dam. And Dam or Rosado. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was a Dam, or I know it was one of them, or Gabe Rosado. But he called. He called. Uh, he called him out, and was like, you know, I, he's ducking me. I want to fight him, fight some real guys, and you know, he dominated him basically. It looked like they didn't even belong in the same ring with one another. Yeah. And I and mean, and, and Lemieux is not a bad fighter. Like he's not some guy that you know, uh, uh, some some fringe contender they wouldn't found somewhere. So this is a guy that, you know, beat up some contemporaries out there in the middleweight division, and Triple G pretty much made easy work out of him. It was something – oh, man, I hate when I lose my train of thought because it was something that I wanted to say. Oh, um, 
the uh, size disparity. Did you notice how big Triple G – now, granted, they were like the same size, but he just looked so much bigger than Lemieux. Yeah, and, and Lemieux looked him. like kind of – he looked kind of bottom heavy, but – like yeah, here's the thing. Like Golovkin looked really big. I, I don't want to say that much bigger, but he no, was right. in like one seventy. That's the thing. But that goes just to show you that he's a naturally big guy. See, when you see that, it's like, all right, this guy's just a naturally big dude. Then you know, because he doesn't. Really, he looked kind of big. He looks bigger than the middleweight. Like just looking at him, just eye test wise. He just looked so much bigger, and he looked more dominant, like, you know, the conviction behind his punches with just the jab alone, how he was just pushing Lemieux around. And it's funny how fighters, how they mentally quit, not like literally quit, you know what I'm saying, like sports quit, like where once that jab got established, you could see in his face, he was like, I'm in for a long night. (laughs) <laughs> Not only can this guy jab, but he actually can punch. So that's like a recipe for disaster. Yeah. You got a puncher that's jabbing you. And he's busy. But yeah. Yeah. It's not like he's like this this low-volume puncher. You know, he throw punches at high velocity and high volume. But, um, yeah, man, it's it was, it was a one-sided affair. I like what they're doing. Um, I know some people out there that um, are still a little bit reluctant and still got questions. But here's what I'll say about that. Um, Roberto said it best. It's going to take a very special, talented fighter to beat Triple J. Mark our words. Like, there's nobody that doesn't possess a certain set, and not just boxing skills, you got to have a boxing IQ. See, it's, it's a difference. Because there's guys, Andre Durrell has boxing skills, but it's an IQ that you need. Your footwork got to be on point. You got to know how to clinch and tie them up when need be. It's a lot of little little inner things that you have to do that I don't think none of these guys know how to do. I, I mean, Even I think another thing, too, is you. he's got a beard, man. I mean, he, he took yeah, that's another some punches thing. He from the punches. that yeah, right. he walked right through. Right. Ward is coming. All right. The Ward ship itself, so we can stop talking about that. Ward is yeah. way north of, of the equation now. He's moving up to fight on another guy that that's pretty good, but at a bigger weight class in Kovalov. You know, so that ship itself. So we go through this division, and I gave you – well. I didn't give you all the rankings, but we're going to run through these rankings, and I want to know who on this list jumps out as a potential threat uh, for Triple G. Now, we know Cotto and Canalo's fighting, and we know they're fighting at a catch weight of 155 pounds, but, mm-hmm. you know, sooner or later, you know, uh, the trainer's going to have to come in. All right, so here's the top ten. So you got Cotto. As the champion, uh, Triple G is number one, obviously. Andy Lee's ranked number two. Peter Quillen's three. Billy Joe Saunders from the U.K. David Lemieux, they put him down at five. Daniel Jacobs at six. Nadam is at seven. Daniel Gill's at eight. Here's a, here's a name out there I've been hearing the last couple of days, which I don't buy. It's Chris Eubank, Jr., um, oh, he's ranked number nine. No, exactly. Uh, and Michael uh, Soro from France is number 10. 
the name I'm they're, hearing. For, well, the whole the whole thing what they're saying now. One of you heard this today that they're apparently trying to get a fight in February. Cause with Triple J. Yeah. Uh, the idea oh, yeah. obviously is you know they want to set up the fight for you know the winner of Cotto Canelo in May if that fight happens. Uh, but I like that they're keeping him busy. And the guy that I was mentioning that he fought for, he was the first fight on the, on the undercard was Toriano Johnson. Okay. He's from the Bahamas. He fought as an amateur. Oh, I mean, he had a long amateur. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The guy from the Bahamas. Okay. Yeah, I, I remember yeah. him talking at the end of the fight. Right. Right, so okay. They're talking about he is either one of the contenders for the, the WBA or the – the interim WBC, one of those were that might be the fight in February. And obviously, I mean, I don't think that would be pay-per-view, but um, they're trying to keep him busy, and I like that. You know, because, again, like, we forget he's 33 years old, you know, and, you know, he's only got so many years left, so... And they're trying to build... They're trying to to, uh, build him. And the way you build somebody is you constantly put them in... put put them in, in the public's face... And I, I get what they're trying to do. Um, we we could talk about the pay per view numbers. Uh, you know, obviously that was his first pay per view fight. Relatively speaking, they're still kind of like if you look at it on the surface, a lot of people. I mean, people know Triple G, but not he's still not a name where he resonates with the general public just yet. I mean, right, it, right. It, that can change if you if they continue on the path that they're on. Um, and this is huge because his ethnic, his authenticity is, is a huge part of this too. You know, um, a lot of time in boxing is, is ethically driven, you know, it's just how it is, you know, um, uh, there's a lot of, there's heavily, uh, uh, populated Filipino communities in every damn near, uh, just about every city in America and abroad, uh, you know, Mexican goes without saying. Puerto Rican fighters go without saying. Uh, we saw the issues with some Cuban fighters. You know, you and I talked about that on other shows about, you know, trying to promote that. So you got that factor. So what they're trying to do is, you know, just resonate him with this, with the general public, just period. You know, no ethnic, no nothing. You know, uh, just from his knockout power, you know, just his excitement, you know. Yeah. Uh, a, a guy from Russia, Russia that loves being in America, basically, and embracing <laughs> it, and taking. I mean, he, he, it's funny because you know you and I talked about this as well. Boxing always had characters, you know, from Fernando Vargas to Felix Trinidad. I mean, it's always been characters, and I think that's one of the things that's been missing. A lot of these guys are boring; like they don't have no personalities. And I do think you do need someone of a personality to help sell and his personality is it's funny and he's not trying to be funny. It's just right, his broken right. English. Just, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. He's like a he's character from a movie. To, yeah, yeah. It's like, like he's adjusting to the United States and you know, it's like some of his mannerisms come off it's funny. Like, coming to him, America. He's just like, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like Eddie Murphy <laughs> coming to America. It's really like that. It's real though. It's like, like when Max, prime example, Max asked him, do you think you're the pound for best pound for pound fighter? He said, not today, Max. <laughs> you know, he just said, not today. Like, But I don't think he was saying – I think he was trying to say, like, 
you know, um, you know, I don't want to really get into that. Like, I, you know, I'm just kind of here to fight. You know, let the public, let who the guys that vote do that. But he just said not today. You know, it's, it's just funny. Then the whole good boy comment. It, you know, he's a character. Uh-huh. You know, he he he's a character. Um, so I think that you know the whole a- Apple commercial uh, with the watch uh, had a you know they have them there appearances. Jam them down your throat, and I'll let you say what the reports out there, what the numbers are, and uh, this will kind of explain why they're trying to keep them busy. But go ahead, you can well, share with the people. Yeah, I mean, like the, the, the numbers coming out right now that you know the the, the fight only did one hundred and fifty thousand buys, which at least in, from my point of view is short. It's smaller than what I expected. But, I mean, you yeah, bring up big points, you know. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking threes yeah. or something. But, again, I mean, here's another thing, again, too, man. Um, <laughs> you know, another thing, number – well, really two things. Number one, playoff baseball. Yeah, yeah. Number two, That's huge. college yeah. football. You know, and – Yeah, you know, yeah, got, you're right. Yeah. We, got, we do got to put that into account. Uh, I mean, because where I was – That the day, bar, I, I was remember at, what I was watching. <laughs> yep, yep. No, you're right, because that day when I was – your Mets was on – and the Notre Dame and USC game was on, which is a huge – anybody that knows anything, even if you don't follow college football, you, that's a huge rivalry right there. Yeah. And there was a bunch of people watching that game where I was at, so they had to clear all these tables out. And those people end up staying to watch the fight. But you're right about that, you know, so I, I didn't even think about that. I mean, yeah, you know, and you put that into account and – I think the whole the whole thing that HBO is doing with Golovkin is similar mm-hmm. to what they did with Floyd and, and Pacquiao back in the day, where they just tested the waters. You know, Floyd's first pay per view would did with like three hundred thousand buys. Yeah, they did. He only did three hundred, which is like half more than what what uh, yeah. Triple G did. You know. Yeah. So. Well, here's here's another theory I have as far as the pay per view um, world is concerned, man. I mean, I think. Honestly, that, you know, the whole Mayweather-Pacquiao fight, at least for the immediate future, kind of bursted a bubble that might or might not detract people away from buying pay-per-views. And Cotto Canelo's coming up, and, you know, you think, well, that's going to be a big selling pay-per-view. But, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if it, you know, did high numbers, but maybe didn't hit the million threshold. You know, I started um, thinking about that, too, just, especially with Christmas being nearby, too. That's another right, thing exactly. that's a little you dangerous. Know. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, I think in general, man, I think the the, 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 the whole pay-per-view structure uh, might or might not be going into, like, somewhat of, like, I don't know if it's a decline or a kind of a shift where you know, we may not, because you know, when you think about it, how many super fights do we really have? Or how many fights should I say would you uh, realistically buy on pay-per-view right now outside of Cotto Canelo? Or right, maybe that, Triple G in the winner of that fight? And that's why I think that you have to, like, kind of spend, keep spending these wills. And generate. And the way you generate stars is that, um, again, you got to have them constantly fighting. Um, some sort of calculated risk needs to take place. Or if not, a, I, I still believe that if he can get a, the winner of Cotto Canalo, that's the fight that can take him over the top. See, he doesn't have – every guy that fought on pay-per-view 
had that uh, baton passed to him. You know, when Pacquiao right. fought De La Hoya, when Floyd fought De La Hoya, it's funny how De La Hoya name keeps. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, uh, Floyd, Floyd De La Hoya. Um, you know, there's some other stuff out there. You know what I mean? Like it was, you know, when Vargas, you know, fought Trinidad and and so on and so forth. You know, and you had all these different guys. It was always one big time fight fighter that they fought for. Triple G, it's Cotto or Canelo. They, those are right. that's his that's the, his those are his keys right there. And you and I said that if Canelo wins, they'll it might not be right now, but they'll they it, it would have they would have to see some it would have to be to their advantage, but they would fight him. And I know Triple yeah, G is saying yeah. he won't come down and wait. <laughs> And I hope he, he doesn't hold the cards. <laughs> but it, but then he doesn't. But then again, like I was trying to explain this to somebody, they couldn't understand it. They're like, "Well, he holds the belt." I'm like, "Yeah, that was cool. Like when we were younger and growing up watching boxing, but belts doesn't really mean anything no more. I mean, they, they they're yeah. still important. Don't get me wrong. History is important to win championship. But in the end, it all comes down to who's the bigger draw, who's the ticket sell, who's the A side guy. My guy brought this to the table. Your guy only, especially with him only doing 175,000 buys, he might have had a little bit of leverage if he did 300,000. But now it's like, you know, dudes, you yeah. have no leverage. Fighters at 158 pounds or else. So they're going, right. this is what Triple G is going to do. And his team, they're going to say, well, here's the ladder. If we don't fight him, we can continue to fight these contenders. I said, I read the names to you, and nobody jumps off that list. And, um, or, he can move up and fight Ward, which is more risk and no reward. Another risk, no reward right. fight, because Ward doesn't generate nowhere near the income that Cotto or Canalo generate. So hey, they're going to be like, well, what well, HBO is probably going to come in and say, listen, you win this fight, you know, all you have to do is share two pounds. That's it. Two pounds, and you could be king of the world. And they're going to be like, all right, well, what the hell, you know? So. And that's how it and that's how it starts. The catchweight stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the only way get that fight, Yeah, I think the only way, because um, I don't see can uh, I don't see Cotto ever taking that fight. Even no, no, not Cotto. I'm saying Alvarez. I, no, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, in yeah, agreement yeah. with Cotto. I don't think Cotto. It's under no circumstances does he fight him. Yeah, I'm um, talking I about think, Alvarez. I just know how Dale always is. And I know that, you know, he's a promoter now. And, he, you know, he yeah. he knows. Like, De La Hoya, he's been on the A-side his whole life. He knows what it takes to to, to get somebody in the ring. Because he knows most of these guys, they want to get paid. They're going to probably, listen, we'll give you $10 million. He goes, then I'm going to like, okay, let's think about this a little bit. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it, 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 but the, the, the thing with, with Canelo is I think he would have to really demolish Cotto. For, that's I the think thing, to, that's another consider, to consider them, you know, Golovkin that next fight. And then, you know, you think about, like, um, we you talked about this mainly. I mean, the 154 division is getting stacked, man. And I think Canelo's at a point where yeah, he, has to, lose, he has yeah. to decide what he's going to do. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, he's in Andrade, <laughs> a lot of kids and J-Rock down there that and don't. People are, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dangerous children. It's dangerous, dangerous kids down children. there. Dangerous <laughs> children. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting what what um, 
November 21st is really going to spell out as far as, the, you know, like I said, the immediate future for yeah, the impact of Floyd, too. Floyd, it, every, it's funny because there's a Floyd factor in this, too, where if Cotto wins, middleweight, Floyd, that's the one melt he never grabbed, and every, every you know, all his predecessors, that he claims that he's better than, they all grabbed the middleweight strap before. So that's another factor. I mean, I don't want to yeah. open up that, that Pandora's box, but you you, you got to lay all the scenarios out and the importance of how one fight can domino affect everything else. Uh-huh. So we got to keep our eyes open for that. So we, we're, we'll, we'll, we'll be talking about this a whole lot. We still got about, what, a, a little a little bit under – We're month hitting the month – we're hitting the we're month hitting, the, the month threshold. Monday and we'll, tomorrow, we'll do like we did with Pacquiao and Floyd. We'll break the fight down. Starting next Monday, we'll break it down every week. We'll have a section, and because I think we're kind of all divided with this fight. You're picking Cotto, right? You still riding with Cotto? I, I think Cotto's going. Yeah, I think Cotto's going to win the fight. Yeah, you know what's funny? Yesterday I was having some uh, some bad vibes about the fight, but now I'm back. Just I watched. Uh, Laura and Alvarez fighting. Uh, Laura and Alvarez fighting, and then I'm back to Cotto again. You know, I, I, I'm back. To, <laughs> we'll, we'll get more into that later. But let's let's talk about a, a fight that that actually is happening soon, and that's this uh, Terrence Crawford fight. Yeah, this weekend. And do you know anything about the guy that he's fighting this weekend? Gary Jean. I haven't really seen much of him. Um, I I mean. Caught glimpses of him, uh, you know, here and there. But, uh, you know, this, I mean, his record, I mean, his record is actually really good. I mean, I'm, I'm bringing him up right now. Um, Canada guy, right? He's from Canada, right? Yeah. 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 Another, yeah. He I should mean, just said, um, Canadian. Canada's really yeah, becoming like a hotbed for boxing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, especially, I mean, you consider, I mean, seriously, I mean, like you figure Colin is fighting there. Right, yeah. yeah. I mean, seriously, is it there. coming like it's like the it's like the UK? It's the closest thing to the UK that's to that's in a, that's close to America. Right, right, right. Well, with a uh, dear Gene, um, you know, he's twenty nine and one, twenty knockouts. You know, uh, as far I mean, I mean, when you look at the list of guys, I mean, he did fight Lamont Peterson. I mean, he lost <laughs> right. by decision, but I mean, he's fought like Ivan Cano and. Uh, you know, but when you go through the resume, I mean, there's not a lot of um, big names there per se. So a guy Terrence Crawford should be handily. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for the most part, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, he's held he's held uh, you know regional titles and and so forth. He's five now. Another thing, he's five six and a half. Oh okay. god. Funny enough, stuff with a seventy two inch reach, he's got a long arm. Oh well, no, that negates things a little bit. That makes things interesting. Yeah. Yeah, Boy, so, has a seventy-two inch reach. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I think. Uh, I mean, look, Crawford's another guy that we talk about. You know, these future stars and, and the potential that we could see. Uh, you know, the, the these uh, you know the hundred forty pounders. I mean, really, anything from one forty to one fifty four in the next like ten years, um, could make for like a lot of interesting fights, man. And you know, I, I can't help but see. Crawford being in that picture, and you know these are you know these type of fights are interesting because you know when you look at the record, man. I mean, twenty nine and one with twenty knockouts. I mean, sometimes those are fights that you know Derrick G may be a guy 
that uh, I, I mean, I'm not going to say he's going to pose a major difficulty, but, you know, you got to be careful sometimes with some of these fighters that you don't know about as far as, you know, thinking that these guys are going to steamroll right over. Now, mind you, Deary Jean's another guy similar to Crawford who's uh, a former lightweight, but when you think about who's maybe filling into 140 a little better, I would probably say Crawford because, I mean, he looks like the naturally bigger guy. And right. probably a guy who's going to be a welterweight, you know, in the next... Oh, like, no doubt about it. He looks like a welterweight already. Right. I mean, he just looks like one. Right. So, I mean, I'm looking at the size disparity. I mean, I mean, the reach is one thing, but, you know, Crawford's got that long of a reach, too. So, it's, I mean... I don't know if it's a showcase fight, more more so of, uh, I mean, cause I really don't know where Jerry G's ranked um, as far as, like, the WBO, because I think that's the belt that uh, Crawford has. Uh, yeah, the WBO super lightweight title. Um, I mean, I don't know if this is a stay-busy fight. I mean, the thing that, I mean, uh, the whole thing with Crawford, I mean, we were, it's funny, we were talking about, what, like, a few weeks ago, with a Crawford versus Matisse fight would look like now. We're, we're talking about... I know. I don't know if he's like a wild card for Pacquiao yet or, um, you know, once, things like once, that. But. Once Bob realizes Pacquiao doesn't want to fight no more, then that fight would probably take place. You know, but, but there's so many other people online. That's the only thing. So, right, um, right. so yeah, so that's. So that's on this Saturday night HBO. Um, anything else? We got fights on Friday night, right, on the PBC card? Um, from that next Friday, I think that's next Friday. Well, they, well, the the one that I did hear of that unfortunately I'm not going to be able to make is the one next month where Airs Lamy Lara. Now they're going to have it. Yeah, Leah. how about that? I, I thought about you. I saw that. Yeah, so, yeah. I'm actually going to be in Tampa that weekend because it's like right. It's the Wednesday of Thanksgiving, and I'm like, well, yeah. I know. I was, I was supposed to head down there. That would have been nice. Yeah, that would have been dope, so. right? <laughs> yeah, that would have been. We could have hit that up together. That would have been real nice. So um, it'll be know. interesting to see the turnout because I mean, I know I have a couple of people that are going to be going out there, but you know, for people who aren't aware, like Hi Aaliyah. Um, in Miami is the hotbed for Cubans, you know, and that's like my yeah. stopping grounds in a sense, or like around that area. And I think that is the target area that they should attack, especially if they were going to try to help to get Rigondeaux and, and Gamboa. I, I mean, we talked about my, this, you know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. They got, I mean, they got, to get, they got to get people out there to really support it. The thing I saw from the tickets, man. I mean, the, I mean, from what I saw, man. And I don't know what, what if anybody's gone to the PVC cards and the, y'all. These tickets aren't the cheapest tickets, you know, on the block, man. Uh, <laughs> from, what, from what I see, man, and I was like, yeah. really? So, uh, yeah. I mean, again, I mean, it, it, it's. Uh, it, I mean, he's fighting uh, Jan Zavik. Uh, I, I believe who's a who's former welterweight who's now going up to one fifty four. So, oh, man. you know, He's again, man, another another ago. fight that, you know, when when people talk about, you know, and, and you know, this kind of concerns Triple G, and I, I'm pretty sure you've seen this. I mean, yeah, they're trying to include Laura in, in the conversation when we talk about fights with Triple G, and I'm thinking like, well, listen, yeah, man, I mean, so I'm like, <laughs> you and that, have, and that gets back to the catch weight with Canalo conversation that I was just having yeah. ten minutes ago. You start yeah, exactly. weighing out your options. It's like. 
All right. Do I have to? Okay. You know what I mean? People make sacrifices all the time, you know, and it happens. You know, it happens to the best. Kodo did it, and he's, been, yeah. he's done it, and he, he had it done to him, you know? You know, these yeah. guys, they want these fights. Concessions have to be made. But Bernard, when he fought De La Hoya, came down two pounds. I mean, it happens. The thing with I mean, Law, I mean, the thing with Law, I mean, the thing with Triple G at this point, man, I mean, I think anybody at 154 outside of Cotto or Canelo has to concede to Triple G because he's the headliner. Right. You know, right. I mean, I, I can't think no, of this is, this, Those rules strictly apply for either Cotto or Canelo. Nobody else. Right. Anybody right. else, I think, would, move, would have to move up. I think Laura will move up in a heartbeat to fight him. But the problem is, if you Triple G, why would you want that fight? Right. Just in case, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Laura is not the easiest guy to fight, you know? I mean the the whole the whole thing with Laura, at least in my eyes, is like I want to see the fights with him and Andrade and him right. and the Charlos because I mean, you want to see technically right. the champion, right? He's a WBA champion. Yeah, and see, no, but there none of those guys are calling him out. So yeah, and, and that's, uh, a, that's, that's 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 a tough fight all the way around. I mean, yeah, even 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 if you beat him, I mean, it's it's it's, it's a not fight. a pretty fight. I mean, it's a tough for fight. any young fighter to to take on that kind of task. Yeah, you know, you saw what happened when Alvarez fought him. You know, it's not the easiest thing. Even though those guys are a little bit more skilled, but well, not those guys. I think Andre is a little bit more skilled. I don't I'm still lukewarm on the Charles twins. You know, I need to yeah. Be, uh, more out of them so we'll see what happens man um so yeah so th- there you have it um you know we're going to keep our eye open for triple g's next move there's roberto is reporting there's some talks out there maybe february um again we won't know anything until after november 21st so mm-hmm. um but we overall we were impressed uh good showing uh, from him and Roman Gonzalez on the on the card, but you know, uh Triple G first pay per view card, not great numbers, you know. Um again, considering all that took place, like Roberto put put it out there, it's tough, you know. Um you're talking about a guy that a lot of people don't know, uh, uh competing with, you know, uh some, some big time American sports. So mm-hmm. you know, we'll see what happens going forward with that. Uh you got uh, Terrence Crawford this Saturday night on HBO uh, up there in uh, Canada. Uh, what's the guy's name he's fighting again, uh, Roberto? I'm uh, Darren Jean. Darren Jean. Um, uh, make sure you guys check that out. Um, and that'll be our show for tonight. Uh, we'll be back next Monday. We'll start, excuse me, next Tuesday. We'll come back next. As long as there's no fights on, on the PBC card, uh, you know, we'll do the show on Tuesday night, and we'll start breaking down. Uh, we'll do our like our own twenty four seven or our thirty day, uh, <laughs> thirty days, thirty nights fight. Because there's a lot of little different nuances I want to get into with this fight. Yeah. Um, on which way it can go, you know, it's so many, it's so it's such an intriguing matchup. A uh, lot to digest, lot to lots of lot to discuss. Um, hopefully, you know. Uh, Rada Dow will be back next week and sleep because I think we're all got kind of different opinions on this fight. That should be interesting. That's pretty much it. Uh, we'll be back next Tuesday, 9.30. Uh, hit us up at Garger Girl Boxing on Instagram. Roberto underscore Flack. He's on Instagram too. Roberto underscore Flack on YouTube. 
Uh, check out his prediction shows. And we'll be back next Tuesday, 9.30 p.m. Eastern. Peace. Peace.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.